BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. beautiful souls and welcome to manifest daily if you're new here my love my name is deandra i'm the host of this show and i'm so excited to have you tuned in to your first ever episode of manifest daily i hope you enjoy it and of course to my og listeners i know the vibes okay hey girl hey hey boy hey what's poppin was good welcome back to another episode of your fave my loves today we have a guest episode and i'm so excited for you all to hear this one it is with Emma Dunwoody. We're doing a human design episode. And before I get into like a little intro about Emma and who she is and all that good stuff, I just want to say I'm currently listening to podcasts. I'm listening to Gals on the Go. If you're familiar with Gals on the Go, then I love that for you because I really do enjoy Brooke and Danielle's podcast. And it's actually the episode where they're talking about how they just hit their five years in podcasting and they just sort of upgraded their video studio and how they're shooting their video for their podcast and things like that. And you know, know I was sat here thinking I'm like oh my god I can't believe that in just a few months I will also be having my five-year anniversary of hosting my show and I'm like I feel like I need to do something to celebrate that so if you have any ideas come let me know over on Instagram but it was also a really good moment of reminder for myself because typically in moments like that I feel like I immediately jump into comparison and I think I do that because I I mean I guess it's normal It's a natural human thing to want to compare ourselves to others, whether it be to understand where we are in the supposed timeline of how things should or how we think things should be unfolding for us. And so, you know, that was a moment where maybe in the past I would have been like, oh, wow, they're doing all of these things around their five years of podcasting. And yet here I am five years of podcasting and I'm not there. I'm not doing live shows. I'm not doing this. And it was one of those moments where I was able to listen to what they were sharing about their experience and take it in and be like, oh my God, that's amazing. That's so cool. And be inspired by it. And so I wanted to share that because I feel like that was such a cool like moment in my journey. And of course we know healing is a process. It's not linear. I'm sure there are going to be other days where I may listen to something like that and possibly go into comparison and, you know, just thinking that I'm behind and whatever the case is. But I found it really interesting because today was one of those days that it just slid right off my back. And I was like, okay, that's cool that's amazing. I'm inspired 
inspired by it. And then I'm also proud of myself for almost or getting close to five years of podcasting. So I just wanted to share that and also share that for any of y'all that have been around since the very beginning of the show. Like the fact that we are about to be at five years of doing this is so insane to me. And it's been slow growth and beautiful growth. And I have changed and the show has changed. And I'm sure from episode one to now, you know, the way that I share my story, the way that I talk about things, even some of my viewpoints have shifted and changed. And I'm sure they will continue to do so in the next couple of years, because I feel like I'm at a very pivotal age. I feel like your your late 20s is when you really start to expand quite a bit more and you start to really sit with, you know, who you really are outside of the family expectations, outside of the friendship groups, you know, the friendship groups that you may be in may no longer Longer exist in the way that they did when you were 21, 22, and still in college. And now things are quite a bit different. So I feel like as I am in my late 20s, the last year of my 20s, I feel like I am really diving into just again this this inner work, this healing work um, of understanding myself at the core. And it's just, it's really interesting. So many things have been coming to the surface, a lot of confusion about who I am and who I want to show up as and all of the things. But it is also really interesting to just observe that and to take it in and be like, okay, I'm not judging my experience. I'm going to allow my experience to be what it is and go from there. Anywho, my loves, today, like I said, we have have yet another human design episode and I'm just truly so excited for this one. I know I'm always excited for all the episodes. So yeah, <laughs> but I want y'all to meet Emma Dunwoody. Emma is a human design expert, master coach, behavioral specialist, and host of the number one global human design podcast. Her purpose and work in this lifetime involves waking people up to their power using her unique method of transformational human design. Emma is on a mission to make human design more mainstream and globally accepted. Because through human design, Emma believes that we can transform personal development, education, and even business in a very, very powerful way. This is a really fun episode because as we're decoding the basics of human design, I ask Emma to help us go a little bit deeper while looking at my chart specifically. So that's exactly what we're doing. I'm a 5-1 self-projected projector. And if you have no idea what that means, then it's okay because you will by the end of this episode. And if you're also a projector, you will take so much away from this episode as we get into this because it'll be kind of like Emma's doing a little mini reading for you as well. If you're not a projector, no worries though, because this episode contains a ton of interesting tidbits that anyone can take away for a better understanding of themselves and how they can manage your energy to create more flow and ease in their lives. So grab a little beverage of your choice, my loves. I am sipping on water today. I feel like that has been what I'm really trying to sip on because my loves, I have not been doing a very good job at all of staying hydrated. In fact, uh, your girl's been struggling a little bit, okay? And so I'm like, you know what? As I edit this episode, as I record this part, first of all, and then edit this, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be sipping on some water. So grab your beverage of choice, maybe a little bit of snack. I have some of these like blue corn tortilla chips that I have been so obsessed with lately. I eat them plain. I know it's kind of like I'm also that person that eats Frosted Flakes plain. So yeah, <laughs> don't judge me. But let's go ahead and dive into today's episode with Emma Demwitty.
Emma. Welcome to Manifest Daily. How's your day going today? Hey, Deandra. Uh, my day's going great, thank you. And I'm so freaking excited to be here with you and um, talk all things human design. I know. I'm super excited. This is a very fun episode today because we're doing like a little bit of a, a hybrid reading plus some of these HD questions that I have for you today. So I'm really excited for this. We've never actually done the format like this on the show before. So I'm very excited for us to get into it. But before we do, when we get to my chart and all that good stuff, I would love to start with a little bit of an intro. So could you give us a little bit of uh, the intro to who you are, what you do, and what brought you into this line of work? Yeah. Okay. So I will try and keep it really short because it's a 20 year story, to be honest. 20 years ago, I was diagnosed with depression and panic disorder. And I was given a diagnosis that this was something that I was never going to heal. It was something that I was going to learn to manage. And in that moment, what I didn't know was it was catalytic for my purpose, for my purpose on this planet, for the impact I would go on to have. And of course, the life that I'm creating today, because that diagnosis wasn't good enough for me. Now, that journey started me, or at least that diagnosis started me on this journey of really needing to understand the human brain, understanding human behavior, why I do what I do. I really wanted to know how I got myself into this situation of doing depression and panic disorder every day because I just knew if I could work out how I got here, then I could work out how to get there. And there was healed and happy and you know creating this amazing life. Over the ensuing 20 years, I basically shifted out of an advertising career and retrained as a master coach, becoming a behavioral specialist and, and creating my own business that I worked with corporates. I healed my mental health. I healed my marriage. I had two incredible children. We moved from regional Victoria in Australia into Sydney and really transformed my entire life. Until about, oh, look, I think it was 2015 when I all of a sudden, or sorry, 2018, where I was like, oh, I've created all of this change in my life. I've healed my mental health. I've got this business that I love. I know that this is everything that I thought I always wanted. Why don't I feel better on the inside? You know, it's kind of like, there's still a gap. And as the universe would have it, this was the time that I would be slapped in the face with human design until I finally chose to pick it up and run with it. Uh, one of my challenges at the time was because it was still playing very much in the esoteric spiritual space and my business was very corporate, very results-driven, very science-based. You know, there was kind of, I felt there was a mismatch. But as soon as I started to pick up human design and run my own experiment, well, I started to discover how to fill that gap, that hole, that thing inside of me that was missing, and also how to amplify all the results that all my clients were already getting. So the last five years has just been incredibly intense in a really positive way because as soon as I continued or as soon as I picked up human design, ran my experiment and like grew my business, parented my children, even the way I eat, the way I exercise, move my body. Once I started just running my human design experiment, so trying all the things that I was learning about myself, all of a sudden the, I feel like the floodgates really opened in my life. So now I'm at this place where I have a podcast, the human design podcast that I swear has a life of its own a very, very successful business. I'm living the life of my dreams in the most beautiful, idyllic place in Australia called Byron Bay and have never been happier. And I'm on this mission to take human design mainstream because I want everybody to have the experience that I've had because, wow, our planet really needs it right now. We need to be happy and healthy and wealthy so that we can all come together and support each other through the chaos and through the other side to this great world that we're creating. 
Thank you so much. I feel like that was such a beautifully told, condensed story. I feel like we got all of the highlights in there. And it's so interesting because whenever I have guests on the show, there's always that as the catalytic sort of moment where you were hit with something, whether it was that rock bottom or, you know, for you, it was like human design kind of showing up in your life over and over and over again to the point where it was very clear something had to change. Every single person has had that moment. I mean, it looks different for everyone, but I just think that is so fascinating the way that we're able to kind of turn these like really intense and and possibly like quite dark periods in our life into something good. And we're sort of like woken up into whatever it is our gift is. And for you, obviously, that's bringing human design more or making it more mainstream, kind of bringing it to the listeners of your show, to the clients that you work with, all of the things. So I love that. Thank you for sharing. And it's so funny that you were in corporate advertising. I work in marketing and advertising for my nine to five. So when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah. Let's go ahead and dive into the reading, right? So we're going to be kind of looking at my human design chart. And as we go over my chart, I'll also be asking you a couple of different questions here to kind of get into what it is that we're looking at, how someone could kind of like, you know, if they either have similar things in their chart, how they can interpret it, all that good stuff. So we know how you found HD or how HD found you rather, but what is human design? What are the types? And then what is my type specifically as, as we're going to be looking at my chart? Okay, great question. So human design is a basically a blueprint. I love to say like a treasure map of how you're designed to do life. Like we're all doing this thing, this game of life. And we've been given this rule book, which we're pretty much given at birth. And it's the the book that we've been conditioned to play by. Now, human design is our own individual playbook. It's how we're designed to play the game of life and get the most out of it and be of the greatest service. It's our highest potential. It's our greatness. Now, human design is a synthesis of ancient wisdom, which includes Western astrology, the chakra system, the Chinese idea, Ching and the Kabbalah tree of life. And it also integrates modern science like quantum physics, fractals, and of course, also neutrinos, which is a really important part of human design. So it kind of synthesizes all these things mathematically. Imagine it's like laying one upon the other, upon the other, upon the other, and mathematically and and really intricately putting them together to give you what we call your chart. So human design um, starts with these five types. And I want you to imagine that they're kind of just an overarching container. They're not the be all and end all. In fact, type wasn't in the initial download. So type was something that was created by the the guy who channeled everything in to help to teach it in a simplified way. So our type is where we kind of start. The five types, we have a manifester. So a manifester is less than 10% of the global population. These are people who are here to initiate others into action. They are very uh, guided by creativity that moves through them or source that moves through them. In a perfect world, in an unconditioned world, they have to trust that creative urge and they need to drop everything and follow that. Now, that doesn't always work out that way, but that's in a perfect world, all conditioning healed. Then we have generators. So generators and manifesting generators, which are a hybrid of the, the manifester and the generator, these generator types, they make up 70% of the global population. And they're really creating the life force energy. And they're here to do, they're here to be inspired into action and to build, build the things that light them up, do the work that lights them up. Um, they're the ones that in the history books were the ones that were working in 
the factories, they were doing the heavy lifting, they were building companies, they were doing all of these things, but they weren't lit up about it. So the big shift we have to understand for generators and manifesting generators, we have to be lit up about what we're working on because we're creating the energy and the material plane for planet Earth. So it's really important that we feel lit up and excited by it. MGs, as I said, they're a hybrid. So they're a little bit manifester and they're a little bit generator and they're these non-linear beings. So manifesting generators can come across as superhuman. They also look like they're jumping from one thing to the ex- to the next thing to the next thing in this kind of random way. But really, they are following this internal guidance system and all these things that they're jumping from and being multi passionate about at some point they're going to mesh them all together and create something new and find you know really demonstrate to people what's possible what's possible for human potential About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop. One scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Mindset. 
Then we have projectors, which is you. And our projectors are our guides. They're the ones that have this real ability to be able to see how energy is being used in others. So they can see if you're using your energy well or if you're using your energy not well. They can tell if a generator is lit up or not lit up. They can tell if a manifestor is being unapologetically themselves or not. And the thing with projectors is these are going to be the kids that in class, their hands kept going up. Like they always had the answers. They always knew the thing. They, they were, they get almost obsessed about the things that they love to do and they dive really deep into it. And they're so keen to give that wisdom to everybody else. However, if they are trying to force people to see their wisdom, to see them, to be, to acknowledge them, then they feel like they hit a brick wall. So it's really important for projectors for them to see themselves, to value the wisdom that lies within them and wait to be invited in to share their wisdom. Because once they're invited in, then they become, you know, the trusted advisor. But until they're invited in, then it can feel really uncomfortable for a projector. And then finally, we have the reflectors. They're only 1% of the global population. And they are these incredible beings that can read energy like you've never seen it before. They can move and ebb and flow and change and morph into all sorts of different people and places and expressions. And they're ultimately here to reflect back whatever their community or the group that they're aligned with, whatever's going on in that group, they're reflecting back the truth of what's going on. So they're really like truth holders. And they're these beautiful people that must learn to let themselves ebb and flow with the energy around them and not put themselves into a box because they are so not designed to be put into a box. So there are five types. That's what we start with. And do you want me to dive into your chart specifically a little bit? Yeah, I would love that. (laughs) Amazing. So with your particular design, one of the things being a projector that can be a little bit confusing is projectors have this real scope. Like you can have all of your centers defined except one, or you can have just two centers defined. And with all of that scope, it means that often when you go and learn about type, when you're a projector, sometimes it's going to resonate and sometimes it's not because it really depends on the centers that you have defined. And this is where type can kind of let us down a little bit. It's why we just want to start there. So for you specifically, you're here to be a guide. You're and what we call a non-energy projector. So you don't have any of your motors defined, meaning that you have a white center or an undefined center in the will center, the solar plexus, the root center, and the sacral center. So the first thing that's really important for you to understand is that you have to get to know your energy. You have to know what gives you energy, what drains your energy, how to recharge your energy, and having a daily ritual of cleansing that energy, whatever that might be, is really important to you. Does that resonate? That definitely resonates. And I I feel like I do a good job of knowing what it is that fuels me and what it is that drains me. I'm not sure if you can tell, but this podcast, this work that I do with Manifest Daily is definitely something that energizes me. Like I've had so many times on the show where I've come on and been like, guys, I woke up at three in the morning with this idea. <laughs> and like I was up and like writing things and doing stuff. But when it comes to perhaps maybe in my nine to five, I won't even lie. I'm not, I'm not as energized by that. That's a bit more draining. That's like, if I put in a, a full day of work there, I'm like, that's it for me. Can't, can't yeah. do anymore. Must, must lay down. <laughs> so this is beautiful. This is a perfect example of projector energy in alignment. So we, we, you'll often hear people talk about how projectors only have three or four hours of work in them a day. And I don't like that. I don't like hard and fast rules because 
because that's not true for everybody. But what it is, is that when you're in that corporate environment, in that marketing environment, that's drawing down on your energy. You don't, you don't, you're going to be exhausted after a few hours of that. Whereas the moment you're doing the thing that you're slightly obsessed about or the rabbit hole that you have to go down, that's learning. That's constructing wisdom. That's finding a system, a better way to do something. Now that gives you energy. It doesn't take energy away from you. So this is when a, when a projector is in alignment, they have a really good balance of this. My husband's a projector. He used to have a big corporate job in sales. He would go in, work for an hour and a half, smash it out of the park, and then he'd go and have coffee. And he'd say, they're all sales meetings, they're all sales meetings. But that was the perfect way for his energy to work. From a type point of view, you, you've, got, you've got the balance, you've got the understanding, but it's it's the corporate job that you probably, it's probably <laughs> taking too much out of you. A little, a little much, you know, but you know, we are in the season of, of, of needing to do that. So yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. I, I often say like, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and we don't want to walk from, you know, go from one dogma to the other. So we have to sort of really understand like where we are in the world. And like you said, this is the season. You need to be there. One of the things I'd be curious about is like, what are you doing in the marketing role? Are you improving a system? Are you the the guide, the expert? Are you tweaking things? Are you making things better? Because that's where your um, energy, where your focus is going to be best you know, it's so funny because I am in that role. It doesn't often or it doesn't always, I should say, manifest as me doing exactly what I should be doing in that way. But I, I'm the director of a team. So I'm leading the team. I'm supposed to oversee them, you know, have the strategies, guide them. Where are we going? What, what is the goal? How are we going to get there? And so when I break down what it is on paper, it makes sense. And that's something that excites me. However, you know, we all know sometimes a job description and, and what happens in the day-to-day sometimes doesn't match up. And so in that way, sometimes it's not exactly that, but on paper, it is exactly that where I am leading and guiding the team. Perfect. Perfect. So the experiment that I would invite you to do would be to create um you know, greater boundaries around maintaining that role because you're going to be in alignment when you are sitting in that space. We often talk about the projector being, you know, they're the leaders that sit in the corner office and people come and go from that office and they sit on the couch most of the time and they listen and then they give the piece of advice and then that other person goes away and does the thing. So that really is where you're going to really step in and be the best version of yourself, especially because you don't have any motors to find. So you have to be very conscious of your energy. Now you all also have, because of all these undefined centers, this ability to really understand. So when someone does walk into your office and they're like, they've got this problem, if you just sit in and feel in that moment, you know exactly what's going on with that person. You know that they already have the answer, that you just need to tweak a few things for them or ask them some questions or show them that they've got this. And then they're going to turn around and go and take care of it. You're going to know what they're afraid of. You're going to feel emotionally where they're at. You're going to feel that energy from their sacral. Like, are they use, what are they doing? What are they trying to build? You know, do they have, are they lit up by this? You're going to be able to feel all of those things. And it's really about trusting that ability you have to read the subtle energy because that's going to get you doing less and receiving more. Does that make sense? That definitely makes sense. Easier said than done sometimes because, you know, as, as you know, we live in a world where doing more can be the thing that is glorified, right? And I think for, you know, as you talked about, there, there are several types and the types are just kind of the overarching and, and simplistic 
optimistic version of all of this. But even that is just kind of a representation of how we are all different and should be approaching the work that we do differently. But there is still this very like one size fit all rule that collectively we're like, well, do more or work harder or do this to get to whatever that goal is for yourself. And it's not always that same approach that's needed for everyone. Well, I love that. You're absolutely 100% correct. And in fact, it's a different approach for everyone. You know, human design is the science of differentiation. I know for me personally, I'm a three-five emotional manifesting generator. I have a highly successful seven-figure business. We're currently working with the most amazing consultant who has grown some very well-known businesses to the highest heights. And she just keeps saying to us, like, I don't know how you've done this. Like, how have you done this? Because you haven't run any of the strategies that everyone else runs. You haven't done it the way everyone else does it. And we just keep looking at her and going, strategy and authority, strategy and authority, playing to our human design. Like, So the thing that we all need to understand is that we can exist in these structures that are already created, but we have to take responsibility for our design and say, okay, well, I'm going to be brave enough to make decisions through my strategy and authority, as opposed to just doing what an expert tells me to do, or what my boss tells me to do, or the person before me told me to do. It's important to take on that information, you know, take the feedback, but then what does your internal guidance system say? So this is where let's talk about your chart, strategy and authority. So strategy for you being a projector, all projectors, the strategy is to wait for the invitation. So what I think is really beautiful about the role that you do, that you've shared with me, is that you have been given the invitation. You have literally been promoted into the position to be that guide. So it's a clear, clear cut invitation. You're there to be seen and valued. Now, one of the challenges you might have is let's say you have a new team member come on or a team member that maybe didn't buy into that invitation. So that would be a place where that relationship, it would be t- it would be a place where you would spend time on that relationship, helping that person, asking them lots of questions, asking them how you can support them, building it from that perspective instead of going, hey, I know more than you. I have a better strategy. I'm doing this job because I'm really good at it because that's just going to repel people. That's going to send them packing in the other direction. But if a projector leans in and instead of forcing their wisdom, they in fact ask questions, they work on the relationship, they maybe share what's going on the way they see things, but not with any agenda whatsoever. That's how they're going to get the buy-in of the other people around them. Does that resonate with you? That definitely does resonate. Yes. I love it. So the next thing I want to talk about for you is authority. So everyone, as you've heard me say, strategy and authority, type strategy authority, that's the first thing you want to do. That's the experiment you want to run. And for you, you actually have your what we call a self-projected projector. This means that your authority is really all about what we call a sounding board. So you need to speak it out, which I think is hilarious because of course, here you are having your own podcast. Yep. I, would, <laughs> I would imagine that a lot of your own growth and epiphanies and insights and breakthroughs probably come after you've done the podcast, you know, after you've absolutely. It. It's so funny you say that. I actually did an episode earlier today where I was just talking about how I feel so lost because I'm going through like all of these changes and all of these things. And I was just like, selfishly, I wanted to come on here and record an episode because I know that this is how I kind of get those nuggets of wisdom for myself. And I'm able to sort of sort through a lot of the things in my head. I know a lot of people will journal and sometimes I'll journal, but 
for me actually just like speaking. So I even called a friend. I was like, Hey, I just need you to listen. Like, I just want to chat, but like, can I just talk things out and you don't need to respond or give me an answer. I just kind of want to ramble and see where I end up (laughs) and like go with that. And that's it. That right there, that's what your authority is. You know, it's really important for you to have people that you can ramble to, that you can just talk to, that aren't going to project their stuff onto you, that are going to give you advice or their opinion or tell you what to do, because that is not what this is about. You will ask for that directly if you want it, but it's very important for you to be able to just talk things out because once you get to the end of talking things out, you're going to have a clear direction because it's coming from the G center. It's coming from this place that is directional. It's so important for you because it's going to, you're always going to hear the direction that you want to go in once you stop and listen. So that person or that sounding board, when you have really great people in your life, you might educate them and say, it'd be really cool if you can just tell me what you're hearing, or if you notice any tonal changes or, you know, reflect back what I'm saying. That's what you need. That's all you need. You don't actually need the advice or the guidance unless you specifically ask for it. So that sounds like you're really, again, you're really in alignment with your design. Now, there was something that you said that I also want to respond to. You know, you said you're going through a time right now that is, you know, pretty challenging. And you're in this place where you're at the back end of your Saturn return, which I'm, you probably oh, no, I'm in the know. middle of it. Well, there I, you go. I, yeah, I just started it. <laughs> yeah. So it's so important just for you to know that this time is such a great opportunity. This is a time when Saturn is all about consequences. So you get to this point of your life and this is where it's kind of like, have you created the structures of your life in alignment with your values or have you not? Because if you have not, then you're going to be hit with the consequences. So one of the things about this time, which is really powerful and what I just want to sort of say, like, and I'm sure you're already doing this, is like to pivot your perspective because the entire universe is helping you to realign your life and the structures of your life so they are in alignment with your values. So the amount of pain you experience at this time, and this is when I was diagnosed with depression and panic disorder because I was resisting so hard. The amount of pain you will experience at this time is relative to the resistance you have to making the changes that are actually in alignment with your true values. I definitely know this and It's so wild because I'll chat with people about their returns just because I'm so interested in what their experience was like and kind of, you know, what that pain may have looked like or what was taken away and and then what they received at the end and how that went for them. And I think, you know, the biggest thing that I've learned from those conversations is it is important to kind of follow the, the pivots and the nudges and not resist them. And I have had times in my life where I did resist and, you know, things did not go well and things, it just resulted in prolonged pain and just all of the things that I didn't want to experience. But I think with the Saturn return, one of the, you know, the hard things about it too, is that it can be a time where you're questioning your entire being and who you are how it is you show up in the world. And I feel like I've always been someone who's been very good at knowing what it is that I'm doing and how it is that I'm doing it. And I think now being in the season of, okay, like I, I have a direction, but now I'm like, you know, how do we add to that? Like, how do we, you know, like, what do we do? It just feels very much like a feeling of being lost. And I think that is a theme that I know is present in the return. So I'm kind of going with it, but it is quite, it's quite interesting to be navigating that 
right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love what you said about you feeling like you have a direction. And this really is innate in you. You have to trust your direction because this is, you know, consistent, reliable energy within you. Your direction is always there. What you want to be very aware of is what the mind has to say about the direction you're going in, because the mind has nothing to say here. It's about following the correct direction, about, you know, doing the thing. And, you know, this isn't going to go away. Like every time we hit, you know, the eight or the nine of any decade, we go through a version of this. It's it's always like closing out a decade to move into something new. So for you, this is a time, and I think that's great advice, you know, like don't resist it, lean into it because it is for your greater good. It is for your your evolution and, you know, maybe your revolution as well. You know, it's, it's important stuff. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. We're going to move on to your profile. So you're a 5-1 profile. And one thing that I want to say, I actually just said this to a friend of mine yesterday, but in my experience, the 5-1 profiles, you are just a force of nature. So at the end of the day, you know, if you're ever lost, don't worry about it. Just follow the invitations. Follow the invitations. Just yeah, <laughs> just say yes to the invitation. And you know, you don't have to say yes to everyone, but I would say, especially when we're younger, just say yes. Just say yes. You know, if you get one, do it. And then you can decide whether yes, this works for me or no, it doesn't. Um, 
But the five one profile, so you're what we call a transpersonal profile, which means that you are going to um, move through life through the other. Okay. So that could be something like a friend of yours tells you about human design. The next thing you're like, Oh my God, I'm all over it. That could be you right now. You're going through your Saturn return and you've got these, these challenges going on. But instead of just focusing inwardly on your own challenges, a friend of yours is going through the same thing. So you go and help the friend. You're like, okay, well, what do we need to do? And the five might jump in and say, okay, well, let's get really practical. Let's problem solve. Let's, you know, what are our options? Da, 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 da. What is your strategy and authority? And you kind of like almost become the coach for that person. Through helping the other person, all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, that's really helped me find my direction. You know, like I didn't need to focus on me. I focused on them and and I found what I was looking for. So that's really how a transpersonal profile works. Does that resonate with you? That definitely does. It's so funny you said, what was it? If the the friend is like into HD and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I want to do that. I have a friend and she's probably listening high tea who just wrapped up grad school And originally before I got my master's in marketing, I thought about getting my doctorate in psychology. And now all of a sudden I'm like, should I go back to school and get my master's in psychology? And I'm just like, am I well? (laughs) But why not? You know, like. That's so funny. Yeah. And especially as a projector, you know, like projectors love to educate themselves. And now we're talking about your profile. You're a line one. So a line one is the investigator. This is the energy that wants the answers that's, that they will study. They'll study forever if they can because they want all the answers, all the information, all the knowledge. And over time, you become an authority because of everything that you know. So going back to school is not necessarily a bad idea. And that line five, the line five is about power and impact and leadership. You know, most of the high-level coaches, the high profile coaches that you see out there, they're all line fives. Like I'm a line five because the line fives, we are really practical and powerful. We're here to lead and have an impact and we know how to solve all the problems. So it's a really great, um, this whole profile for you is a very powerful one. One of the things, the two things I want you to just be aware of. So when you notice these behaviors in yourself, you want to be like, oh, okay, I'm going to choose something different. The first one is the challenge with being a line five is that you have what we call a projection field. Now, as human beings, we all project our stuff onto everyone else. We see the world as we are, not as it is. So we're always projecting our perception onto everybody else. However, with a line five, that's amplified. And what gets projected onto you is the other person's wound because it's like you have a beacon and that beacon is like, I can help you. I can save you. I can rescue you. I can be that superhero you're looking for. So they're drawn to your energy. Now, if that person is a lower consciousness and that's no judgment because we all start at lower consciousness, what they're going to do is they're going to project their wound onto you. So they're going to see what they, what, what is, you know, a trauma, what's hurt, an unresourceful belief system, an old pattern, whatever that is, they're going to project it onto you. They're going to say, you've got it. You do it. You whatever. So the line five ends up running around trying to fix all these things about themselves that aren't actually theirs. They're the other person's. So the first thing you want to do is whenever people project stuff onto you, you want to just be not taking that personally. That is not about you. But on a personal development journey, we must always pay attention to projections no matter what type or profile line you are. But instead of taking it personally, you say, oh, what does that trigger in me? What does that bring up in me? Because that's what I need to heal. Whatever they accused me of or projected onto me or whatever, that's none of my business. All I need to pay attention to is what it triggered in me and heal that. 
And the more a line five heals themselves, the higher frequency those projections become. So for me, I never get people projecting you onto me. I get people projecting, I have this problem and I'm pretty sure you can help me. Yep, sure, I can help you. But it's important as a line five, you need boundaries. You need really, really, really solid boundaries because otherwise you walk around healing the world and as soon as you've healed someone else's thing, problem, whatever, then poof, they're gone. And you're like, ah, is anyone going to like hold space for me? Is anyone going to help me with my stuff? And I know a lot of my closest friends are line fives and we have such a giggle. We're like, we've just, at least we've got each other, you know, like we'll we'll take it in turns (laughs) over here. Does that resonate with you? Definitely does. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like it is this thing where I feel like I, I constantly want to be helping someone. But again, it's that work on boundaries that I definitely know I need to focus on and kind of being able to say, okay, this is where I'm drawing the line or, or even I can't help you with this. I know someone who can help you. So exactly. let me point you in that direction. And that's something that I'm working on because it almost feels like when I tell someone I can't, I feel bad. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm like, oh my God, I'm, t- I'm turning them away. And I'm like, I could just, you know, Google it or figure some things out myself and then help them. Yeah. But the, and this is, this is a really, really important point. That's it. That's your conditioning. That's your conditioning. Okay. As a projector, as a non-energy projector, you have only so much energy to give. And with projectors, they have their people. So there are literally people on this planet that are your people that you're here to guide. So let's say the first obvious touch point would be your team. So sure, help them with their solutions. Sure, you know, be that person to them. But the moment you feel like they're just projecting their stuff and they actually don't want to do something about it, that's when you want to be like, oh, but that's got to be a boundary for me. So I've always had a a rule for me and for all those around me, anyone who works with me, like you can tell me the challenge, the drama, you can even bitch or moan or complain once. But then I never want to hear it again if you don't take action. And if you ask for my advice, (laughs) if you ask for my advice and you don't take it, then don't bring it back to me because I'm not interested. So you have to have really tight boundaries because the line five has got so much to give and they tend to be people who give too much. And you being a non-energy projector, you have to be very extra careful of that. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the other thing I want you to be aware of with profile is with the line one, with this desire and also being a projector because projectors love to learn is the fear of not knowing enough, doing enough, being enough. This fear that, oh, I just need a bit more. I need another certificate. I need another this. I need to learn that. No. You know, one of the principles from transformational human design, which is my model, is like you have to be taking imperfect action in the direction of your dreams always. And as a line one, you need to be super aware of it. Because if you, if you get an invitation, then you have to just choose to assume that you have everything that you need. You have what it takes to fulfill that invitation. You can't let the line one then jump in and say, oh, I need to learn a bit more. I can't do that. Nuh-uh. You need to follow your internal guidance system. Does that make sense? Does that resonate? No, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. And I I love to learn. So I feel like I can go down these rabbit holes where I'm just like always trying to find out something else. And then I dive into the, the hole a little bit deeper and I'm like, oh my God, wait, there's a whole subsection of things that I didn't know. And now I have to discover that. And it's wild because it can go on forever. It really can. Exactly. It can, and especially we live in the information age, you know, and 
you know, everybody has a different opinion. Everybody has a nuance, you know, all of all entrepreneurs are taught, you know, you have to be the expert in something. So pick something. So people are making stuff up at left, right and center. So there's yeah. so <laughs> much information, you know, so that's why a line one has to be, okay, if my strategy and authority is telling me to move forward, even though my mind and my ego and my fear are telling me I don't know enough, I'm just going to call bullshit on it. And I'm going to keep moving forward because that's what my strategy and authority say to do. Yeah. Yeah. Easier said than done. (laughs) Uh I love it. When someone is looking at their chart for the first time, we kind of talked about the type, the strategy, the authority, but what are a couple other things that someone should look at in their chart specifically, especially when trying to understand and decode how it is they should, I guess, put their chart to the best use possible? Yeah, I love that. Great question. So I think the part of the chart that is the most undervalued that people don't go to fast enough because I don't know why people don't educate others about it. it it's really weird. Like where I trained, the woman that I trained with and she, she's been in her experiment and she worked with one of the people who kind of birthed all of this. She didn't even teach type until the end of the certification program. She was like, you need to understand definition. Definition is the thing that's the most important. It's the thing that tells us what type we are. And what that means is when you're looking at your chart, it's what is colored in and what is white. It's understanding each center and what that center's theme is or what is going on, how you're influencing or how you're being influenced and understanding the the not self or the conditioning that can happen in that center. So it's probably the best place to start once you've done type, strategy, authority, you've maybe looked at your profile, you really want to understand what is colored in and what is white. So with the centers that are colored in, this is your consistent and reliable energy. This is what you're putting out in the world. This is who you feel you consistently are. So for you specifically with your design, you feel like but you've already articulated that you have a direction. Now, you probably also feel like you have a pretty sturdy identity. And what I mean by that, you know, one of my favorite metaphors from this same uh, mentor is she used to talk about how when she and her partner went away on a weekend, um, her partner would have this tiny little bag because she also had what we call a defined G center. So her identity, her mm-hmm. higher self, um, mm-hmm. her direction, it's all set. It's consistent and reliable. And she'd have this tiny little bag. And then my mentor, she'd have this huge suitcase because she had a wide open G-Center. And her partner would be like, why have you got so many clothes? And Kim would say, well, because I don't know who I'm going to be from day to day. So for you, you know who you're going to be on an energetic level from day to day. This is part of how you go out in the world. And for people like me who have a wide open G-Center also, when we're in aura, your identity, your direction is going to be influencing me. I'm going to be amplifying and reflecting back that energy that's actually yours. Does that make sense? That makes a ton of sense. Yeah. So then I guess I have a question then going back to something you alluded to earlier. So someone's looking at their chart and they have, let's say, certain sensors open and some sensors closed. You said something earlier where you said, I can't trust like my head or I can't like the, like, I can't look to my head for the answer. Right. So I believe my head center is open. So is that suggesting then that if my G center is closed and then my head center is open, for example, would that mean that someone telling me or me like overthinking rather a situation is an example of something I can't trust? Okay. So this is a great question. It's actually got a twofold answer. So first, I just want to respond to the mind versus the body. 
So one of the primary reasons human design was birthed into the world is to get us out of our mind and into our body because actually our mind and our subconscious, um, you know, the part of our, our hind brain, the older parts of our brain where the, the fight, fright, flight, freeze lives, all of this, it only has access to the past. Okay. Now our conscious connection to source has connection to the past, sorry, the past, the present, the future, all timelines, all dimensions. And our body is what kind of runs that, if you like. It's the, the subtle energy. So human design gets us back into our body, into our intuition, into the subtle energy. Whereas the mind that we have been, we've put it on a pedestal. It's like, it's the be all, it's the end all. Yeah. It's amazing. It's fantastic. And if we can crack open that third eye, that, that inner part of our brain and, and connect to source, then we have all this extra access. Yes. However, most of it goes to the past. And that's the piece that we have to stop making decisions from. Because when we make decisions from the mind, from the past, then we're just re- recreating the, the, the past in the future. So, you know, manifesting, for example, if we want to manifest something new, we have to feel something new, see something new, do something new, think so, something new, be someone new. We've got to feel all of this stuff inside of us. So human design really helps us to, to no longer make decisions with the mind, but instead make decisions with our strategy and authority. It's more of a feeling our way through. Now, the second part to that question is the definition piece. So you've got an undefined head and a defined Ajna. So part of your superpower and the way you influence people is your thinking, is the answers you come up with, is the solutions. And so when you walk into a room, you are actually there to offer your opinion and you're there to take really complex things and make them simple. Now, what can happen is that superpower, we call a defined Ajna and head if someone's got it, we actually call it an outer authority because you should not use it. It's not designed for you to make decisions with. It's designed for you to use to teach people. It's designed for you to learn. It's designed for you to come up with the answers. It's designed, you know, for all of these other things, but not should I do this or shouldn't I do this? Is this correct for me? What, you know, that we don't want you doing because that's not what it's designed to do. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And when you walk into the room, so when you walk into, let, let's say you're having a team meeting, when you walk into the room, you're, because you're defined in the Ajna, what's actually happening is that you are taking this energy into the room, room and like influencing people with your thinking. So if you have an idea or if you have an answer or if something's going on in your head, it's going to be amplified and reflected back by the rest of the room who do not have definition there. So wherever we have definition, we have to take full responsibility for what we're taking into aura with somebody else because we're going to be influencing the other. So thinking is a really big piece. So if you walk into a meeting and you're like, oh, this is never going to work. It's crap. Oh, it's pointless. That's what the room's going to reflect back to you. But if you go into that room thinking we are going to find an answer, we're going to be the we're going to nail it, we're going to smash it out of the park, and that's the thinking that the room's going to reflect back to you. So wherever we have definition, we have to take responsibility for the energy that we're bringing into the room. I want to give you one more example. And for I'm an emotional authority, so I have emotional definition. So when I walk into the room, and half the global population have this, when I walk into the room, there's a good chance I'm going to be influencing the emotion of my of the room. So do I walk into a room being all like, oh, woe is me, emotional, wanting to gossip, wanting to 
complain and moan and ride the emotional wave. No, I don't. I make sure that I take care of my emotions beforehand. I make sure that if I'm feeling something, I let myself feel it. I make sure that I don't overindulge emotion, that I don't repress emotion, that I actually am an adult when it comes to my emotions and moving them through me. Because then when I go into a room, I go into an emotionally balanced room. That's the effect that I'm having. So it's really important wherever you're colored in to take responsibility for that energy. That's very, very interesting. So if someone has, for example, like a colored in, I believe it's called the sacral. So they would have to take responsibility for how like the energy in the room when they walk in. Everyone's like excited and you know, whatever, yeah. versus if everyone's like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. That would be whatever it is their feeling that's being reflected back to them. Exactly. And if you think 70% of the population have a defined sacral and our job is to be lit up and excited, and if we, you know, if we're the dominant type always, it's so important, right? It's so important that we're lit up and excited because we're creating the life force energy of every room we walk into. So how are we contributing to that? That's so interesting. So if we're thinking of it like like there's a team and there's one of every type, right? And and I guess, I mean, let's say we have the the generator with that sacral, that's going to be the person who is kind of like influencing the entire team's energy. Like when they walk exactly. in the room, they're like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Now we're all pumped and we're ready to yeah, do whatever I got, I got it is. I've got energy for this. Do. I want to do this. Let's yeah. do it. Let's build it. Let's grow it. Let's, okay. yeah, yeah. About a year ago, I wanted to elevate my health and wellness journey. I was so tired of taking all these different supplements every single day. So instead of adding more, I decided I wanted to simplify and try AG1. It's one of the best decisions I made in 2023. I now feel more energized and mentally clear daily. My skin has even more of a healthy and brighter glow and my digestion has improved. Like I said, I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted to simplify my supplements. I wanted a single solution to support my entire body, my gut, and my brain health. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've noticed that I feel a boost in energy, not just in the morning when I take it, but throughout my entire day. I used to rely on caffeinated pre-workouts, if you know, you know, but when I cut those out, I struggled with grogginess. Adding an AG1 in the morning covers my bases with 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, and ingredients like pre and probiotics, adaptogens, antioxidants, and whole food source nutrients. My favorite part of AG1? It's just one scoop, one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. I love to add in a squeeze of half a lemon, a few drops of AG1's vitamin D3K2, and three ice cubes, approximately three ice cubes every single morning into my glass as well. This is a partnership made in heaven because AG1 is the supplement that I trust and have trusted since 2023 to provide the support that my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. That's drinkag1.com slash manifest daily. Check it out. Yeah. I'm really curious then about um, not self themes. We yep. touched on it earlier, but we didn't really dive too much into it. So what are the not self themes for, I guess, like all of the types and we can dive into mine yeah. as well, specifically. Yeah, yeah. So the not self themes are basically our conditions, our, our, you know, our conditioned self. It's our fear response. It's that subconscious mind that I was talking to you about. So it's that 
when we are out of alignment and we're going to the mind to make decisions, this is probably the behavior that we're going to demonstrate. So for a projector, your not self theme is bitterness. So you also have this other theme, which is like you're in alignment and for you, it's success as a projector. So oftentimes when I say to each type is, and I've just, just started my mastermind program. We also always start with type for the first week. And I've just given them this exercise is like by type, know what your not self theme is and know what your, your aligned theme is. Because when you know what these two things are, you know, what pushes you out of alignment and what is, you know, in alignment for you. So let's say you're in a team meeting and someone starts speaking and you instantly feel bitterness. You're like, okay, cool. I'm out of alignment. What is this bitterness telling me? And you just sit and you reflect on it. And the odds are being a projector, you're like, this person doesn't see me. They don't value my wisdom, you know, blah, 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 blah. And your ego might go, well, yeah, we need to show them. We need to show them that I know. But you would instead be like, okay, so I want to move towards success. This person isn't seeing me and acknowledging me. So how can I move to this place? Well, start asking questions. Make it about them. Don't try and prove your awesomeness. Ask questions. Draw them out of themselves. Draw the connection out of them. And then once you have it, boom, you're going to find that that bitterness goes away because that connection um, is built and then you get the invitation. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, now I feel that was successful. That was success right there. So when we have from a type perspective, when we play with these two themes, we can really see like what is in alignment for me and what isn't. So I'll give you the themes for each type with um, a manifester. A manifester sort of swings between anger and peace. So anger will often appear when someone has pulled them out of their creative flow, out of that energetic flow, which is, you know, that inspired um, creativity that that manifestors in periodically. The thing with the manifestors is sometimes it's on and sometimes it's off. It's, you know, manifestors the way they work. They might work. I worked with a manifester in an ad agency and, you know, he was all about, he would work his butt off for weeks on a pitch and then he'd do nothing for weeks. And that's the way that a manifester works best. When the creative flow is on, they work. When it's off, they don't. So they, they balance between peace and anger. So really playing with those two themes. Then if you're a generator, then you're going to be swinging between frustration and satisfaction. You know, sometimes generators can kind of be like, especially early in their journey, they're like, am I really lit up about this? Um, and they don't know because they're overthinking it. So they're not really in the body. And the cycle often needs to kind of be re-engaged because if you don't listen to it, then it's not as easy to hear. But satisfaction is fantastic for you to know if, some, if you've got energy for something or not. So let's say I know early on in my business when I was hustling my butt, I was doing so many things, you know, typical MG, all the balls in the air. And I was kind of like, God, do I have energy for this or not? Like, I don't know if I, if I want, and it was my mastermind really early on. I was like, God, is this correct for me? And I almost couldn't work it out until I say, oh, how do I feel after it? I was like, wow, I feel like this overwhelming sense of satisfaction, like more than ever, you know, it's amazing. So it really helped me to understand like, okay, this is what's really aligned for me. And the frustration can often, you know, that's that comes when I'm overthinking things. I'm not in the moment responding. And it's the same for genera- all generators. Now, of course, MGs, manifesting generators, they have a bit of both. So they're frustration and satisfaction and they have anger and peace. Okay, so these are the things that they're going to swing between. As I said, projectors, you guys have um, bitterness and success. So it's swinging between those two things. And then with reflectors, you have surprise or at least disappointment and surprise. 
So you pay attention to how you swing between those two things. You know, surprise and disappointment is really fascinating because a reflector is like almost like the purest expression of life because it's life constantly being reflected back and it's constantly moving and flowing. And the disappointment comes when you have expectations of where the energy is meant to go and who you're meant to be and who they're meant to be and what they're meant to say. So that that leads to, to disappointment. But surprise and delight, that's when you're completely surrendered to the moment. You're completely surrendered to life. You are changing and ebbing and flowing and reflecting back energy and you're completely in this place of like, wow, anything could happen. I could be anyone today. And that's when you know they're really in alignment. Those are such great descriptions. I I love the surprise and delight for reflectors. I feel like that sounds super fun. I have a question then on the 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 projector one because I've always heard again the bitterness and success, right? And I think again, like I think the word success itself is just so heavy. You know, you start to think, well, what does that mean? Is this success in the, the way that we define it in this capitalistic society, or is it like what does that look like? But it almost sounds as you're describing it that success is being seen. Is that yeah. is that what the success? I love is? that. That is, a, that is such a brilliant question. And I would say success is whatever you define it to be, you know? Interesting. Because at the end of the day, we, we need to redefine these things like to success, abundance, freedom, all of these big words that we use, purpose, because they are different for every single person. And until we redefine these things for ourselves, then we can never achieve them. We can never really achieve success because if we succeed on someone else's terms, we're going to get to the top of that mountain and go, oh my God, I just climbed the wrong freaking mountain. So we have to redefine these things straight away. So human design helps us by going, okay, we, we can ask ourselves a better question. So the one of the questions that I would ask if I was you, if I was a projector, I would be asking what feels... What does success feel like to me? What does success feel like to me? Who have I been being? What have I been doing? What do I have around me? What am I? Who am I hanging out with? What does success feel like to me? Because if this is one of your primary guidance, you know, feelings, emotions. Well, it's a feeling, really, not an emotion. But this is something you want to be so connected to. So you want to understand what success is for you. Because satisfaction to me is I'm exhausted. I'm in, like I'm sitting on the couch. I've got Gaia on the television. I've got a cup of tea in my hand. I've got a fat smile on my face. Like I did good stuff today and now I can't do anything else. Like that's what satisfaction means to me. But what satisfaction means to someone else might be, you know, hitting financial goals. I don't know. So it's really about understanding what it feels like in your body and then being able to define it and then you're playing your own game you're running your own race it goes back to the beginning you know then you're playing by your own playbook yeah I think that is so beautiful I remember doing a a podcast episode where we talked about this because I was saying like I was asking that question of what success looks like to me because again I feel like we are all taught that it, it looks a certain way and I feel like those things are great if you do want those things but what happens if you decide that you know, this fairy tale ending that is held up in society is like the, the the thing that's on the pedestal. What if you decide that's not for you? I think that is a really tough realization sometimes because then you're like, oh, well, what do I want now? <laughs> right. And then now you have to kind of like go back to the drawing board and figure that out. Would you say that, you know, for any of the types, whether it's the success or the satisfaction or even the surprise and delight, Finding that means kind of like participating in in what you're calling the experiment and just kind of like testing things. Okay. So it is really like, I'm going to follow my strategy. I'm going to follow my authority and then kind of figure out what resonates. Yeah, exactly. 
Because one of the things that, you know, resonance is so important. Let's take it, you know, step back. This is the science. This is science. Like what does resonance tell us? That our energy is in resonance with that energy. That means that we're in the right place at the right time with the right people in the right situation. Um, we're learning the thing that is true for us. It's resonant for us. We have all evolved to this point through the mind being told this is what we think. This is who we are. This is how we succeed. It doesn't feel resonant. It feels like a bunch of rules that we have to live by. And then we cane ourselves. We turn ourselves inside out. We do all the things. And at no point does it feel resonant. It feels like something we should do to get what we think we want. Whereas when we start to really listen to this thing, this resonance, this, you know, internal guidance system, whether it is, you know, in my case, like really seeing the difference between, you know, anger and frustration and peace and satisfaction, like, wow, my whole life changed because all of a sudden, if I just experiment with these things, strategy, authority, these themes, my profile, all of a sudden I'm creating this world and this life that doesn't look like anyone else's. And the more I dive into my design, I've got so much going on that just flips the bird to conventionality. Like I am not interested in being someone other people want me to be. And that's me now. But me growing up, I was the good girl. I never said boo. I did exactly what I was told. And inside I was like, you know, F you all, like stop trying to control me. But really it was my conditioning. So human design really has taught me to be like, oh, well, I'm weird. I'm different. I'm powerful. Some people are going to think I'm way too much. I take up space. Um, I come across as so extroverted, but really I'm very, very introverted. But the, the key to all of it is that I'm living my authentic life. And my authentic life means that I get to influence millions, hopefully billions of people in my lifetime. And my only mission from when I was tiny was to make the world a better place. Like it's got to be better than I found it when I leave it. So human design has really helped me to lean into everything that I'm afraid of, like afraid of taking up space, afraid of using my voice, afraid of opening my heart, afraid of being seen, afraid of being too much. Like you name it, I've been afraid of it. But human design's really helped me dive into it and go, oh, wow, like that's my superpower. <laughs> okay, I just need to practice. I just need to get in, give it a go. And the more resonance that you pay attention to, the more you turn up for you, your design, the experiment, the easier it gets. The, the things that I've manifested with ease and grace, are, like I, things I never even wrote down on a piece of paper, it just popped up in my life. The last 12 months has been off the charts for this sort of stuff. So I, and I put it all down to alignment, being in alignment, wow. doing the thing my heart is here to do. Yeah. Well, I have another question then, because this is one that I hear people say all the time when it comes to projectors specifically is going back to the the waiting for the invitation, right? Because it almost sounds like what you're describing sounds so powerful. It's like you decided, you know, I'm going to show up as my authentic self. I'm no longer hiding in the shadows. I'm no longer trying to mask who I am. But it almost sometimes feels like when we hear about the waiting for the invitation, it seems like such a just powerless place to be, right? And it mm -hmm. seems like, okay, well, we're just sitting here waiting and and we can't really do anything until people come along and invite us to participate. Until then, we're just kind of left out in the dark and in the shadows and hoping that someone cares for us. Yeah. So how do we kind of 
like understand that in a different way? How do we redefine what waiting for the invitation is? I love this question so much because this is another thing that I want to flip the bird at because you guys are not designed to sit around on your hands. Like you need to be out in the world. You need to be able to be seen. You need to be able to be acknowledged. You need to be able to be sharing your wisdom and sitting on the couch waiting for someone to turn up is not the way to do that. So one of the things that I'm always saying to projectors is whatever you love, whatever you're passionate about, whatever you want to go down the freaking rabbit hole on, go down, all in, be passionate about it. And then share your freaking journey. Just share it with no obligation, with no agenda, with no, you have to hear me, you, you know, I'm, I, I'm building a business here. I have to sign nut. You just get out there and you share the thing that you were passionate about. I mean, I'm sure the people that are listening to this podcast, that they're interested in human design, they know who Jenna Zoe is. That's all Jenna Zoe did. That's all she did. She got really, really excited about human design. And then she just got on a bunch of podcasts and talked about it. And she built a huge business. Now I know that there's been more that she's done, but this is the thing is that projectors have to be out there doing what they love. You know, one of the businesses that blows my mind, how successful it is, you guys won't know it. This is actually my my personal trainer. Um, they have this, this business called Peachy Fit and it's two sisters. One's a mental projector, one's a self-directed projector like you. And they have never waited for anything in their entire life. They are absolute powerhouses, but it's because they've always obsessed. So one of the sisters is like, she's basically an elite athlete. She's the most, and she's constantly studying the body. She's constantly working on her own. She's constantly building muscle. She's constantly improving her skills. Then the other sister, she um, was at a lunch one time and someone mentioned this new franchise and she just went, oh, that sounds great. I'll do that. Um, and because someone asked her to, you know, the invitation had come. She's like, do you know anyone? You know, does this, is this kind of something that you two do? And she just jumped on it. Like, cause it was this, this kind of invitation. And what's happened is she now has this, this franchise of this huge business, global business. And she just, you know, without even knowing it, she's following this invitation. When the invitation is put down, she doesn't question herself. She doesn't go, ah, oh, do I know enough? Am I good enough yet? Because both of these girls, they already see themselves. They validate themselves. They validate validate each other. They make sure that they're like, yeah, I'm really freaking good at this. They do the work to be on their own team, to be working on their self-worth, to value their wisdom, their knowledge, their experience. They know they're great. So the invitations, you know, they just, they flow in like effortlessly. So with projectors, it's like whatever it is for you, freaking go all in, go all in with that thing. And the moment you get an opportunity to talk about it, talk about it, but without agenda, because you will just find that invitation after invitation after invitation shows up. And then the only time when you're aligned like that as a projector, the only time invitations don't show up is when the universe is telling you, you need to rest. Because often with projectors, you misinterpret the no invitations as, oh my God, I'm doing something wrong. No, no, you probably need to rest. There's something coming. There's something big that you're going to need your energy for. So it's time for you to rest, recover, play, do whatever you need to do because there's going to be another big boost of energy required from you just around the corner. Well, it sounds like you're describing niche, right? Because, you know, even in the description of Jenna Zoe and her kind of like being so obsessed with human design, going down this rabbit hole. But then I also arrive at this other question, which selfishly I want to ask is what happens when you have multiple interests? Because I think when I started this show, you know, it had different names and eventually became Manifest Daily. And I originally was going on podcasts and people, you know, kept talking about me as like this manifestation queen. And I don't necessarily believe in practicing manifestation in the way that it's kind of always been talked about. For me, manifestation looks 
looks like doing what I want to do, kind of leading into the things I want to lead into and doing it in a way where things just show up in my life for me. And you know what I mean? Like I'm not sitting here always having to do a certain ritual all the time. Like, yeah, I love scripting. I love, you know, new moon and full moon rituals, but I don't do them all the time. Like I used to, because I've recognized how to do it in a way where I don't need to always be doing something to get what I want. And so to that, I ask, what about the people, the projectors specifically who have multiple different interests, who are like, I love doing nails and I love doing hair and I love doing this and this and this. How do you possibly choose one thing to lean into and put it all into if it feels like you're giving up the other things? So don't just lean into the things that that you love. <laughs> you know, it's really that simple. Like, you know, this whole multi-passionate thing that we talk about with MGs, like it's not just us, you know, there's lots of ways that we can be multi-passionate. As we go deeper into the chart, you know, we can look at particular gates, we can look at our, our core talent, we can look at our incarnation cross, we can look at so many things. And often that means that there's going to be different areas, you know, like your core talent is really linked to being the sensitive, to being, you know, you talk about manifesting is easy because yeah, your core talent is reading energy and subtle energy <laughs> and being able to communicate through energy. Like you're probably the person that walks past a dog in the park and goes, oh, it's feeling sad, you know, or yes. it. <laughs> because that's, that's your core talent. Your core talent is energy, is sensitivity. That's why manifesting is easy for you because you do get to skip pieces, you know? And I think this is why human design is so important is that if you're in alignment with your design and you want to be a vet and a beautician, then be a vet and a beautician because at some point you will be directed to focus ma mainly more on one of them or you won't be. But don't let the mind jump in and say, oh my goodness, there's a rule. They said the projector is only allowed to do one thing. And I say BS, like, nah, we don't throw those rules out. If you're in alignment, you're following your strategy and authority, you can do two things. I mean, you're doing two things. You're doing the marketing thing. And yes, okay, it's not like your heart's like, yeah, I have to do this. This is the best <laughs> thing ever. But you're already doing two things. So just do the two things as long as you've got energy to do the two things. And then your strategy and authority will redirect you. I mean, you also, you don't, because as soon as you said that, I checked your chart. But I mean, a lot of people have the gate 34 and the gate 34 is a half of the channel that everyone talks about in manifesting generators as being multi-passionate. But it's not just MGs that get that gate. I have the whole channel. So I have that real, you know, very multi-passionate, non-linear energy. But any type can have it activated. For you, if it was activated, it wouldn't be on all the time, but it would be energy that you would be aware of because it would be switched on and off with by all the, the generators around you. So with human design, we can go deeper into those things, you know, and it's more about following the things, especially for you, like, what do you want to learn? Like that, that's really an important part of what your North Star is. And if the things that you want to learn seemingly are completely opposite ends, who cares? Just follow it until with your strategy and authority, because all of a sudden it might redirect you into one, but it might not. And there's no rule to say you can do either or not do either. That's so interesting. So it almost sounds as if you are, again, in the participation of the experiment, you will kind of naturally begin to possibly lean towards one thing, or maybe you don't, but it kind of sounds like as you're going through this, as you're kind of like trying all the things on, like trying all the outfits on, you might be like, huh. I kind of like this blue dress. It, it does something for me that the other ones aren't doing. Like I love the other ones, but this one's just different. And you're going to yeah. figure that out as you go. Exactly. It's such a great metaphor. Yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. That's amazing. And as you were talking, I think I'm like, I think I know what the thing is. <laughs> Even though 
I love it. It's so funny. I'm like, I think I know what it is. Oh my gosh. I'm a, and that's the thing. other thing to say. I just want to quickly say to that is like, isn't it beautiful? Like through this conversation, using your authority, you're like, oh my God, I know what the thing is. I know what the thing is. And now is the point where you just want to pay attention to the mind because the mind will try and talk you out of it. But you know, the knowing, the feeling, the knowing is like, I know. So this is a great place for you to be at. Like, don't start freaking listening to the mind now because you've used your authority through talking this out, through listening to me and then talking it out with me. You know, and that's the thing to pay attention to. Yeah. Isn't that part of the G center as well? That deep knowing, correct? Well, and it's also, it's all over the place. So the thing that's interesting for you is that you have the two channels that you do have are both in individual circuitry. So although you're a transpersonal profile, it's going to be a lot of you in your energy, focusing on your transformation and your journey. And what sits also within the individual circuitry is clairsentience. So knowing, it is just this inner knowing. You don't know why you know it, you just know it. So the more you trust that that knowing within you, the more obvious it'll get, the more it will speak to you and the more it'll help you guide yourself where you need to go. That's amazing. That is so beautiful and and very, very affirming. So thank you for saying that. I really do appreciate that. You're so welcome. <laughs> thank you. Emma, this has been a beautiful conversation. I know we only have a few minutes, but I I would love to wrap up by kind of discussing a couple of things. So one would be your favorite resources for human design. So if anyone is like, okay, where do I start? Like what website do I go to? What books or podcasts? I know you mentioned your podcast. We will link it in the show notes below, but any other specific content that can help someone who is getting started with human design, as well as what is your favorite thing about human design? Oh, I love that. Okay. So content, um, human design wise, well, of course I would have to say the human design podcast, uh, which is my podcast. And you can go onto our website and get your free chart. And my incredible um, COO has designed, she's a 5-1, so she's a 5-1 MG, but a 5-1 like freaking off the charts, amazing. When you get your free chart, you get linked to each podcast that goes to each part of the chart. It's off the charts, amazing. It's really cool. So she got so, so go check that out. The other resources, I think with human design, they're still in this place that everybody's throwing things at it. So what are the good resources? I still, and it's actually just sitting on my couch just over there, and I'm going to go and reference it again in a minute, is the the uh, book of The Science of Differentiation, which is the original human design book by Ra Uruhu. That one I really love. I also have Karen Curry Parker's old, like the older version of her book. She's just released a new one where she's changed all the language. So I haven't got that one, but the, the, that is a good resource. And I would say the greatest resource with human design is following your strategy and authority. So where are you, if you're a generator or MG, where are you lit up? Who lights you up? Then, you know, consume their content. If you're a projector, like who do you want to learn with? Okay, we'll follow that. Just keep following your strategy and authority. That's going to take you to the right place. And then um, what was the last question? What is your favorite thing about human design? Or you can list a couple of things, but if you have one. Well, I love that you just said that because I'm an MG. So listing one thing is very challenging for me. But ultimately, you know, what I love the most about human design is that it gives us the power. I am empowered to live my authentic life, be different, do it different, believe in myself, build my own self-worth lean into my superpowers, create my life the way I want to create it. And as I'm doing all of these things, I'm serving the planet because I'm helping everybody else do that. And I fundamentally believe that when we are all our own authentic selves, 
listening to our own inner guru, empowered in our authenticity, then we will all harmonize together. We will all work together, support each other. We don't need these big powers that be to tell us who to be and what to do. I don't believe that for one second. So really the thing for me with human design is all about empowerment. My favorite thing is the empowerment it gives to people so that we can do and be who we came here to be so we can create this next iteration of a most beautiful planet Earth. That's so beautifully put. Thank you so much. And thank you for coming on here, chatting with me, doing this hybrid reading chat. I've really enjoyed this. Again, very, very illuminating for me, I would say. Just a very illuminating conversation. So I appreciate you so much. I would love to end off this chat by giving you an opportunity to let us know where we can find you online. I know you mentioned the podcast, but what is your website, your socials, all of the things. And again, links will be in the show notes because I'm a visual person. So I need to, I need to like see it. I love that. Me too. Me too. So my my website is emmadunwoody.com. My Instagram is the human design coach. There's some underscores in there. Amazing. Well, thank you again, Emma, for this chat. Thank you for joining me on this episode. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and an amazing rest of your month as well. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.